Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome in to the Arizona Diamondbacks podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia. Of course, I am known around the city and on Apple TV as the mayor of the city of Phoenix. Uh, this man next to me is back. Uh, he is Mr. Electric, hey, Sean DePaz. And of course, as always, our stabilizing force at the back end of our rotation, the one and only Jesse Friedman. Jesse? I'm, a, I'm a number five starter. Is that well, what you said? Jesse, you know, the, the back end of the back into the bullpen maybe you're our closer because Uh, today we're giving all the credit in the world to our man paul seawald and everything he has done uh, over the course of this past weekend because yes things did look bleak things did look bad including friday's game where the arizona diamondbacks did lose with ryan nelson on the mound but of course after our takeover event, things turned around. We did it, you guys. We yeah, did it because of us. I think not. There's right? no way Absolutely that it's a coincidence. It's, well, it's yeah. definitely not a coincidence because the last time we were at a takeover, they also won. Yeah. And I believe just, that was the last time they had won at Chase Field. There's there's a lot of electricity uh, basically generated by our takeover events. But this one was by far uh, our, be- our, our, our best one. I felt like not only was it a great weekend, it was a great yeah. day. We got these amazing throwback uh, jerseys. And the last one set the bar pretty high. It really did. It was a pretty electric. It day. really did. But, I mean, a big thank you to all of you that came out because you guys made it an absolute blast. Uh, I want to say this, though. I have one pet peeve. Uh <laughs> I, I know this might be asking too much. I know this might be quite demanding. But if you come to our takeover event, you have to come say hi to us because there were far too many people who were there who we didn't even know were there because they were just <laughs> politely and quietly minding their business in the seat that they purchased for this takeover event and not shouting at Dick Mountain with all of the euphemisms and every other chant that we came not up screaming with. screaming at me that we're back. Yeah, not screaming back. Yeah, we were, we were asking each other if we were back constantly during that game. And the Diamondbacks... Uh, definitely are back with a series win over the San Diego Padres. I don't feel like like I want to temper things just based on the fact that the Padres had not been playing very well coming into the series against the Diamondbacks. So at the very least, it, it it's it's not this Padres team that we have feared all season long, and that was this team we thought they would be. However, they took care of business when they absolutely needed to because this was. Uh, a must win. You know, the the pa- the Padres were even calling this series a must win series for them as well. So it, it, it kind of makes sense when you look at the wild card standings, how closely the, the teams that are actually in it are grouped together and how the teams that aren't in it are kind of drifting back. And, and there's some distance growing between those two groups. Yeah. 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 I mean, this was a huge series win for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, they they so sorely, sorely needed this. Needed uh, 
And we talked about it after Friday's game. You know, I mean, that was a tough pitching matchup for the Diamondbacks. Like Ryan Nelson just got sent down by the Diamondbacks. We're going to talk about that a little bit more later. Uh, and he was facing Blake Snell, who is, you know, one of the guys in the mix for the NL Cy Young yep. Award. So if that was going to be a tough game for the Diamondbacks, even, you know, months ago when they were playing really well. That was just a game that's, that's going to be really hard to win. They were able to take care of business on on Saturday and Sunday when, uh, I guess, Sunday's game, the pitching matchup was not necessarily in their favor. Brandon Fodd has obviously had his struggles, but uh, Zach Gallen was, was able to come through in a huge way on Saturday with six scoreless innings. And, uh, you know, when your offense is struggling, it helps when your pitching staff just doesn't allow any runs. Uh, the Diamondbacks only scored That's three in that good. game, uh, but that was that was enough with how good Zach Gallon was in that game. Zach Gallon was lights out. Uh, six innings, uh, four hits, zero runs, one walk, eight strikeouts, and twelve starts at Chase Field. Zach Gallon is now ten and one with a one point eight two ERA, a zero point eight nine WHIP, and ninety two strikeouts. Any good? That's pretty good. Pretty it's good. pretty good. Um, and I guess I have to ask: Was the series win a surprise to you? Was the series win a surprise to me? Um, I think the series win was a surprise to me. Yes, I think Saturday the win was not a surprise to me at all. I just thought there was far too much going in in the D-backs' favor for them not to win that game. The really matchup, was. the jersey, yeah. the takeover, the night. <laughs> By the way, uh, before I get too far away from the takeover, I want to shout out Tim and his wife and yes. their adorable ass baby. Um, <laughs> It was Tim's birthday. I don't think they were there for the takeover. They were just from Boise, right? They were from Boise. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, they said that they were there like because of the take. They heard about the takeover, but I think oh. they well, didn't they, buy it takeover was, It was Tim's birthday. I know that. And so they flew in for Happy the Happy birthday, Tim. Um, and they came up and they, and they barked at Damon. They did bark at Damon. They barked at uh, Damon. Tim was like, you got to bark at Damon. And so, <laughs> Beautiful um, child. They did. They, we're all Damon's dogs, aren't we? Their kid was adorable. Their kid was cute as shit. But shout out Tim. Um, well, and it was I, I I really enjoyed, you know, ending this losing streak with our diehards. And yeah, with our no, it was, it was like honestly, there was something just so great about yeah, that. Like, it, I mean, it was a Saturday. Realistically, I probably would have been alone in my apartment watching this game. <laughs> otherwise, so it was awesome to actually to experience that moment with the fans. But um, getting back to your original question, like, no, I didn't necessarily expect a series, a series win. Yeah, I don't think there was any real reason to expect that based on the way that they've been playing over the last couple of weeks. That's but fair. Um, I thought it was possible. Like I said, I thought I, I felt pretty confident that they were going to win on Saturday. And you get if you get one win, then you can get two. Like I just think one thing just kind of has to fall your way. So I definitely always thought it was possible, but I def I did not expect it by any means. That's what Paul Seawald said after the game, and I mean there were a lot of jokes, including after that win. Apparently in the in the hug line, the thing that he told Tori was, "See, I told you we'd win another game," which is just <laughs> hilarious because I think we all started feeling like that, and for it to become kind of a joke with them too, um, it makes sense and. I, I think that's why I like Seawald so much. I know Jesse is a big fan of Paul Seawald. Like his attitude seems infectious. He seems like a calming force when it comes to this situation. And the man just got here. He's tried to say several times that he's not trying to like take over as any kind of you know locker room leader or anything like that. But his he's presence. been his presence yeah. is just calming. And the words that he says are very logical and. They're, they're, it's like having Jesse here. It very much is like oh when me gosh. and him are freaking out, we need Jesse here to be like, calm down, you guys. This is uh, we still have two months of baseball to play. And that's as, as flattered as I Seawald. am by the by the Paul Seawald comparisons, I don't throw a ninety four mile. That is correct. Ball, so. You don't. You definitely can't set the record. Your your yeah, your, right. your slider sucks, and honestly, you don't get it high enough in the strike zone for me. 
me uh, for my liking, but uh, he is just delightful. And when I say that, I mean Paul Seawall, not Jesse. Uh, <laughs> wow. and, uh, um, that's he, where the comparisons end, right? That's where there. the comparisons the end. Fastball but, and yeah. the likability. <laughs> but the uh, the pitching was outstanding in, in this series for, for the Diamondbacks, uh, or at least in the two wins. <laughs> after and Friday. After Friday. <laughs> Ryan Nelson really, I mean, you, your your heart goes out to Ryan Nelson. He was uh, he was sent down to AAA Reno, and he really looked frustrated in that post-game press conference on Friday. So, you know, hopefully he could go down and, and work on the stuff uh, that, that can get him back here because we've seen Ryan Nelson have a tremendous amount of success at, at a major league level, especially on the road. Uh, there's just some things, obviously, right now that that – including possibly tipping his pitches that, that he needs to work on. But uh, Brandon fought, looked like he was going to struggle in the game on Sunday. The first inning was not very good. But then after that, you could say Brandon fought was very, very good. Uh, he ended up going five and two thirds innings, which he should have absolutely gone six. And the home plate umpire stole that opportunity <laughs> away from him unjustly without reason, uh, giving up nine hits, three runs, three earned. He walked to and he, he struck out a career high eight. Uh, he hasn't allowed a home run in either of his last two starts, and things just seem to be trending very in a very good direction for Brandon Fott, even with that first inning that, that he kind of struggled to get out of. The home run was – the lack of, of home runs is huge. Yeah, yeah like especially for this, huge for, for, this, uh, yeah. for this starting rotation. You and, know, they they but, need but, guys that aren't letting the yeah. big, big fly fly. For him specifically, obviously, you go back to that game in Cincinnati – and you come, now you're at a point where he's not giving up home runs. Yeah. Like that is a yeah. <laughs> that, is, that was a big that was a big thing for him. So it's it's uh, if he can keep that up, that's definitely a welcome change, I guess. Yeah, he he really bounced back in a huge way yesterday. It really had the feel in that first inning. You know, sort of a here we go again. Yeah. You know, are, are the Diamondbacks about to lose another game, twelve to three or whatever, and have a position player on the mound in the ninth inning? Uh, it was a huge win all the way around, not just for Brandon Fott to bounce back in that game, but for the Diamondbacks offense to kind of claw their way back in that game as well. That's just something that we haven't really seen from this team in recent weeks. The ability to like when you get down somewhat big early when the other team puts a, a crooked number on the board yeah. early in a game to be able to, you know, kind of gather yourself a little bit and still put together quality at bats. It's something the Diamondbacks just haven't done. Uh, it's felt at times like when the opponent gets up big early in a game, the offense just it, the at bats just aren't really there. The quality yeah. of the at bats just isn't there. The patience uh, isn't there. And and we saw that yesterday. Lourdes Gurriel came in, you know, hit a huge pinch hit two run home run in that game. Uh, there was a sack fly, I believe, by Alec Thomas Correct. that ultimately put the D-backs up in that game. Uh, it's something, I mean, I know we've, we've, you know, been using the answer backs moniker for most of the season. We haven't used that much in the last month because the diamondbacks yeah. seem to kind of lose that part of their identity. They, they showed a glimpse of that again yesterday. Um, a lot of Paul Seawald talking about it's time for Paul Seawald. The pitch LOL, uh, is, is very funny, but Paul Seawald has been incredible for this team. Uh, he comes in and he gets his first two saves over the course of this weekend. And I mean, I, I don't, I, I, I just, I got tears in my eyes <laughs> watching a closer come into the baseball game for the Arizona Diamondbacks and just do his job, yeah. just do his job for two nights in a row. I mean, even when he gave up a hit, it still seemed kind of meaningless and didn't have that 
drama that we've had. I mean, we've had guys come in and shut down games as relievers. We've seen that. It's not like every game that a reliever came in and saved they blew this season. But you can't help but say, like, you could probably count <laughs> on, on your two hands the times where it was drama-free there yeah. in, like, the eighth and the ninth inning. What the Diamondbacks are getting now out of not just Paul Sewald, but – uh, you know, now Miguel Castro, who has been pitching very well lately, has, and Kevin Ginkle, yeah. who wasn't so great, but still Kevin Ginkle, I think, is still going to be a part of this. He's, you know, like these guys aren't going to be perfect all the time, but it really feels like there's some stability there at the back end of this bullpen for the first time this entire season. Yeah, again, it's the presence of Paul Sewell. Like that was one thing. And I know we it was maybe a little skewed because we were in at the middle of our diehards who are. I would I would argue a little more baseball savvy than the average fan um, and like but like when Paul Seawald came into the game, you could feel the energy of like, OK, this is the guy who has a job to do and is going to come in and do the job, which is yeah. crazy because he hadn't done it in a diamond right. uniform at that point. Yet. Right. But it just was like it, it felt different. And I have to imagine that resonates throughout the team or at least throughout the pitching staff as well. Um, it, yeah, it's just it. Kind of like we were talking about with him in the locker room, just like his even in game. Like I think his his presence changes the way everyone can approach the game, and it is. Uh, I mean, you saw it in those two games. He got the job done, and I think it was really important that he got it done, considering how his first save opportunity went. Like to have those yeah. two games back to back in that moment, in this moment of the season, and like all things considered, I think were very important. Um, and so. Obviously very happy that he got it done. They were really locked in, especially like what you're saying in that inning. Yeah. You know, like you could just see them uh, having that little extra, uh, you know, bouncing their step and just doing everything the right way. Um, but, man, I mean, again, Jesse, when it comes down to his, uh, I guess, his performance and, and his ability, like I, I feel like he has this ability to go out there and understand how to work the pitch count. And even if he's like letting it get to a full count, like he he – He's working towards a goal, whereas our other relievers just seem like things were falling apart for them and they were just yeah. being wild. Like it feels like Seawald has a game plan he's executing and, and he Ooh. gets the job done. He knows who to pitch around. He knows who to pitch to and he knows when to be aggressive in the strike zone and when not to be aggressive. And that's like I feel like the difference that we've seen from some of the other guys that have been in this role. Yeah, I asked Christian Walker on on Saturday after uh, Seawald's first uh, first save as an Arizona Diamondback and yeah, obviously his, uh, you know, his first save opportunity did not go particularly well in Minnesota. Did not. But Christian Walker talked about how you can just tell, like you were saying before, he just has this presence about him and and this this comfort level with the ninth inning. Yes. And, yeah. and I think that's a huge difference from the other guys the Diamondbacks have put in that role this season sort of because they had to. Like Andrew Chafin, you know, you can pitch in the ninth inning, you can use him like that. But that's not necessarily, you know, he hasn't really done that much in his career. That's not necessarily where he's most comfortable. Uh, Scott McGuff has pitched a lot in the ninth inning, uh, but that was that was in Japan. That's that's just different than doing it, you know, in the majors at, at this level. You can tell that Seawald, he's been doing this for a couple of years now. You know, this is sort of what he prides himself in doing. And, and you know, we're starting to see things turn around for him. You're the one that wrote the article about the D-backs historic bullpen struggles not just this year not just in the last five years but almost their entire time as a franchise they've had a couple of names of course those are the names people bring up you know that one special season fernando rodney had and papa grande and stuff like that but this feels different and this feels like the diamondbacks yeah. have a guy not only here for the rest of the season but for next season that really can be that you don't have to even think about it like if we get to see walt it's 
almost an automatic that the Diamondbacks can lock the game down. Sure. Obviously, nobody is perfect. No, no closer right. is no, be perfect. No closer is perfect. And I think it's important to remember that. Like when he came over in the trade, he was 21 for 24 Correct. in save opportunities. Correct. That's about 87, 88%, which is a really good number. Like that's sure. that's that's an elite number. But that doesn't necessarily mean there aren't going to be games like there were in Minnesota where it's like, all right, right. well, he just kind of didn't have it today. And, you know, th- those games are, are still going to be tough to lose. But, yeah, Paul Sewald, in, in my mind, is just on a different level than anyone the Diamondbacks have had in this closer role for yep. a long time. Yep. Yep. Even Fernando Rodney. I know, uh, you know, he was pretty much lights out from May on in that 2017 season. But the guy still had an ERA over four by the end of the year sure because did. in April he was an absolute disaster. He had an ERA over 12 in April that year. Uh, Paul Seawald is going to have his rough moments, but I, I think it's it's really an enormous change for the Diamondbacks in terms of you know the types of guys they've had to put in those roles in the past. Well, he was two for two to save opportunities in this series, and Paul Seawald is our uh, king snake for this series against the San Diego Padres uh, gave up one hit, no runs, and got those two saves, and that's just a fairly, fairly incredible outing uh, against a pretty potent offensive team, right? For Paul Seawald to come in there and shut both of those games down, that felt pretty exciting. Uh, when you talk about relievers, though, that have a higher ERA due to their early season performance, one name that comes up uh, is Luis Frias. Mm. Uh, Luis Frias is just somebody I wanted to give a shout out to because he currently has a nine game, nine inning scoreless streak. He has not allowed a run since being called up from Reno on July 15th. Uh, his My last, birthday, by the way, la- yeah, there, there you go. Uh, his last run <laughs> allowed was on May 26th in the major leagues. Uh, and he's just been very good. Seven strikeouts, three walks, a 1.22 whip. Uh, and again, another name that there was some excitement about and then some disappointment in. And now, honestly, because he's doing his job so well, I feel like he almost kind of flies under the radar with his numbers lately mm-hmm. because he just comes in and kind of quietly gets one of those middle innings, kind of uh, yeah. shut, shuts down and, and gets out of it. So. Uh, hopefully he can keep that up because the Diamondbacks really at this point need to continue to find those guys. Paul Seawald, you know, isn't going to be the only guy. Kevin Ginkle can't be the only guy. So Tori right. Lovello needs to find those guys that he can he can count on at this point. I feel like being a reliever is a very tough life because early on you develop some kind of reputation. And then kind of like you say, you pitch well and people don't notice you. And then you don't really shake the reputation that you might have yeah. built early on in the year. But I, his ERA is still four six zero. That's what I said. Just the yeah. nature because, of being a really because, because of how bad, how many runs he gave up early, and he hasn't had that many games. Right, he hasn't had yeah. that many opportunities to lower that ERA. It's still very very high. But yeah, I mean, it's like Scott McGuff going back to McGuff. McGuff has had some bad performances. Mm-hmm. It's not to say he hasn't, but he's had more good performances than bad the bad ones just stick out to you because they typically were the reason why the diamondbacks lost yeah. a game that they were up it does get frustrating with this relief you know with this bullpen with these relievers that, that you can't really expect them to come in and just hold a game scoreless which a lot of the good major league baseball teams right now can count on their bullpen to do that and the diamondbacks have experienced that in some of these uh losses in their nine game losing streak but we're not talking about losing streaks anymore we're talking about winning streaks because the Diamondbacks have won two in a row and we are on the path to, of course, the World Series. That's the way that this works. <laughs> we are back. Yes. Can that, we talk about defensive specialist Buddy Kennedy? Buddy Kennedy. We absolutely can talk about. Defensive player of all time. Yeah, maybe. Buddy Kennedy, Brooks third baseman. Robinson. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand uh, how we let that go by, but Buddy Kennedy was called up. We do have some roster moves that we'll get to in due time, Damon. 
you just let me get through our rundown, sheesh. I'm just hyped about Buddy, man. I know. We're all hyped about Buddy. Well, we're all hyped about the changes the Diamondbacks have made because they definitely made some surprising moves that, of course, we'll talk about. But uh, we did want to spy on our exes real fast. So if we can, let's spy on our exes, right? Uh, on, I believe it was Saturday, Dominic Canzone hit a game-tying home run for the Mariners in their extra innings affair with the Orioles, which was kind of fun. Uh, he hit that right after... Uh, he clobbered it. He absolutely a, clobbered it. Yeah, he kind of kind of stood there and watched it for a while. Mm, too. He did. Yeah, there he was did. some there was some emotion in that. Which I mean, late game game tying home run. Like, that's yeah, that's yeah. what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, he's got the dog in him, right? We know we know Canzone has the dog in him. His clutch factor on True. on baseball savant is off the charts. But uh, his his hitting aside from that, not very good. Uh, and neither is uh, Josh Rojas. In fact, uh, both players since being traded traded to the Mariners are. are Aren't faring fairly well. Canzone is slashing 192, 250, 385 with a 635 OPS. Rojas slashing 158, 200, 211 with a 411 OPS. And those are, that's in 20 plate appearances with the Mariners. But he had a cute moment with Otani, so it doesn't matter. He did have a cute moment with Otani. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Bliss is slashing 222, 308, 311 uh, with a 619 OPS with Mariners AAA affiliates. So the point of this is that the Diamondbacks won the Paul Seawall trade. That's Dubs. yeah, yeah. Dubs. That's the only reason why we're talking about. I, I generally I say it takes about two weeks to evaluate a trade in baseball. Uh -huh. So yeah, well, you know today's about the two. <laughs> we week were doing marker, that after the so... Goldschmidt trade. Admit it. So here we yeah, are because no, that absolutely. that trade's officially dead. Almost, almost, almost. Dominic Fletcher. I mean, like it is, and it isn't because yeah, Dominic Fletcher's still Emmanuel there, Rivera. and then Emmanuel Rivera is still in the organization, although he was just sent down. Well, will, will um, the trade ever be dead? Will it ever be dead? We'll always talk about it, but it will probably be a, a loss for the Arizona Diamondbacks. <laughs> Even even if uh, uh, you know the D-backs turn one asset into another into another yeah. for for many more years, yeah, that, I don't think anyone's ever going like to look back. Fondly Forty on years that. from now, we have the next Shohei Otani as a product of the trade. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> finally, I did. It just we took did. some time, but we, we won the it. trade. <laughs> we did it. It only took seventy-two years. <laughs> um, in uh, other uh, roster news. Uh, Per his Instagram and according to Steve Gilbert from MLB.com, Jordan Lawler has been promoted promoted to Triple A Reno. Um, got off to a rough start this season, but actually has been hitting the hell out of the ball since uh, what June, the end of May. Yeah, yeah. Since May thirtieth, Jordan Lawler, his slash line at three ten four hundred five fifty four. Uh, walk rate just over 10%, strikeout rate of 17.6%. Both nice. of those are good numbers. That, that strikeout rate is great. Yeah. Obviously, it's still Amarillo. So what is, you know, what is a, uh, Ivan Melendez's strikeout rate? Uh, I think it's at about 35. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's about double Jordan yeah. Lawler's. So, yeah, there's, a, there's an know. enormous I didn't there. deserve that, yeah, really, but I, I, just, I just feel like everyone... Every, he's just standing every on the time, corner of his business. Every time he gets brought up, the, the chat like freaks out like he's, like he's uh, going to be the first baseman in the future, like for sure, and I just feel like they always leave out that detail. He didn't deserve that, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> you feel better about yourself? No. Yeah. <laughs> Does it make you feel like a big man from the little league someone what else? Is, I'm going to go look at Ellie right? Cruz's strikeout <laughs> numbers. Uh, meanwhile, Jesse, how's Lawler's defense been this year? Better than what we've seen in the past? Is yeah, that... yeah. It sounds, I mean, last year I think some people were a little concerned that he might not be a shortstop long term. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this year I still think there are, you know, I still think it's an area he can improve in. But those currents, those concerns seem to have waned quite a bit i think i think generally people view jordan lawler as the diamondback shortstop of the future which is which is big i mean obviously shortstop is one of the most valuable positions on the diamond Correct. so 
uh, him him taking a, a step forward in that regard is is very good news. I know shortstop by Diego Cruz is a forty or thirty four point six percent strikeout rate. So in the majors, in this the majors, year? yeah. Okay, there you go. There See, you but go. that I mean that kind of helps things put things in perspective, right? Melendez has a thirty five percent in Double A. Yeah. So you so know, Ellie is struggling a little bit in uh, majors. Yeah, probably. that translates <laughs> to ninety eight percent in the mid. No, it wouldn't be that bad. But yeah, he clearly he clearly still has has some work to do. But I think as far as Melendez goes. There's still something to be said for the amount of damage that he's mm. doing despite that. Despite so I would I wouldn't say like, oh, he's a you know, he's a non prospect or anything. Like, give him some time. This is his first full yeah. season in the minors. But yeah, you also want to tap the brakes if you're expecting Ivan Melendez to be Paul Goldschmidt in two years. Yeah. I'm not sure we're we're quite there with him just yet. Uh, in other moves, the D-backs recalled Buddy Kennedy, which we're a big fan of, reinstated Gabriel Moreno, which we're even more of a mm. fan of. Uh, and they selected right-handed pitcher Bryce Jarvis from Reno. Uh, Jarvis was a starting pitcher, one of the top 10 prospects in the Diamondback system, but he had been recently moved to the bullpen uh, in Reno, which might have been a move to kind of align him a little bit more with what his role on the Diamondbacks might be. Um, but, yeah, he's been fairly good in, you know, uh, I say fairly good. He, 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 he puts up good Reno numbers, which is still an ERA over five, uh, but 1.53 <laughs> ERA, uh, 23.4% K rate, 11.6% walk rate. So uh, he hasn't, he hasn't been terrible. And I think that the Diamondbacks right now are kind of in that mode based on the moves they made of giving somebody else an opportunity when the guys that they have been giving opportunities to haven't really worked out. And it's not yeah. like they just gave guys a couple of games to try to, try to impress or do something. I mean, the, the, some of the guys that they sent down, including Ryan Nelson, Emmanuel Rivera, and and Carson Kelly, who they designated for assignment, all had a lot of opportunities at a major league level, but they're trying to do something to get this team out of their losing ways. And so far it's worked. Yeah, I think I think it'll be it'll be really interesting to see what what Bryce Jarvis looks like in the majors. As you said, you know, the 548 ERA since being called up to Reno. It's not fantastic, but it's pretty much league average relative to uh, to other starting pitchers at at that level. So it's below always, seven, which is good. Yeah, it is below seven. Yeah, <laughs> Drake Jamison right? and Ryan Nelson both had like a seven plus ERA yeah, when they got called. Yeah, up last, last year. year I think Dre Jamison's did start with a seven. So uh, yeah, the Diamondbacks are going to use him as a reliever. It does not sound like this had to do with uh, like an innings limit. I don't think the Diamondbacks have any concerns there. It also doesn't necessarily have to do with his long-term future. From everything that I've heard, the Diamondbacks still view Bryce Jarvis as a potential starter moving forward. Uh, but basically what was explained to him is you can make a difference at the big league level sooner if you move to the bullpen right now. Uh, so the Diamondbacks are, are going to you know just kind of see, see what this looks like. And yeah, kind of a similar situation to Slade Ciccone where if you were to rely on a, on a Jarvis or, or a Ciccone in a starting role... I think you might be a little concerned about what those results would look like. So this is a little bit more of a soft landing for him. And yeah, maybe, you know, going into next season, he, he still could be viewed as, as a starter and the Diamondbacks could continue to develop him that way. We still don't have probable pitchers for this series coming up with, uh, I think we have Merrill. I think they put Merrill back Merrill on the was ledger supposed to for be today. today. Yeah. And then outside of this, we know we're probably going to get a Slade Ciccone start, which might look a bit, a little bit like a bullpen game. And then, the other game might, in fact, be a bullpen game. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Diamondbacks uh, bullpen can can do uh, with this yeah. much usage over over this series against the Rockies. I think we're getting Merrill tonight, and then it sounds like Tuesday is going to be the bullpen game. And then Wednesday, 
I think is when you'll see Slade Ciccone start, but that that hasn't been made official at this point. And again, we don't know about how long Slade's going to be allowed to go or what his pitch count is going to be like. Yeah, so that could still true. be a game where he makes it maybe three or four innings, um, and that's still a desirable result for the Diamondbacks. <laughs> Back-to-back bullpen games at Coors Field is kind of a scary proposition. That's, but that's terrifying. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, just have to hope mm. the Merrill goes eight innings tonight and everything will be okay, right? I mean, this is what happens when you play the San Francisco Giants too many times, Jesse. You start getting ideas from that Gabe Kapler, and now just bullpen starts to seem like the greatest thing ever <laughs> for Tori Lobolo. But uh, some difficult decisions the Diamondbacks did have to make. They sent down Ryan Nelson and Emmanuel Rivera again to Reno. Uh, they designated Carson Kelly for assignment. They also designated Christian Robinson for assignment. And these uh, are unfortunate. Uh, Carson Kelly, of course, has been a huge part of this team. I know a lot of people were frustrated with his play this year, and understandably so. I think Carson Kelly has had a pretty raw deal. This man, I think, has broken more bones for the Diamondbacks team than any player I've ever seen uh, injured before. And I mean, there comes a point where that does take a toll on you. Your health and the ability to bounce back from those injuries uh, isn't isn't as quick. And and I think really what we saw was Carson Kelly kind of in a, you know, in, in a, a hole of getting back to major playing, a, you know, playing at a major league level and, and never quite got there. It also is sad that we saw Carson Kelly have arguably some of his best games at the plate right before he got DFA'd. But uh, what are your thoughts on, on parting ways with both Christian Robinson and and Carson Kelly? I know Christian Robinson we talked about quite a bit. And yeah, we were hoping that this story would have a, a better outcome than than this. Yeah, I, I talked with Diamondbacks farm director Josh Barfield yesterday, and uh, yeah, basically there were two primary things he brought up talking about Christian Robinson. One was just that the Diamondbacks needed the roster spot. It is a little weird. It is a little difficult to give a 40-man roster spot to a guy who's down in high A, that's pretty far away from the majors, you know, for a guy to have a 40-man roster spot. So the Diamondbacks just found themselves needing that. Um, you know, as you saw with with all the moves that they that they made this weekend. Uh, and Josh also did mention to me that that Christian Robinson is going through some personal stuff. I don't know exactly the nature of that. He didn't really expand on it, but I, I don't get the sense that this was purely a baseball decision. I think okay. there were some other factors. We just don't have specifics on exactly what those were. I get it, though, because sometimes those personal issues off the field are um, something you need to be given time for. And Yeah, obviously Robinson has been through a lot the last few he years. He absolutely that's, has. That's well documented. Um, but uh, he also had a fairly high strikeout rate. And like you said, the big thing was being in Hillsboro uh, and, and taking up that 40-man roster spot. The Diamondbacks have had to make some difficult moves, moves that we didn't think that they would make to improve this team. Going back to them DFAing Madison Bumgarner mm-hmm. and now DFAing Carson Kelly. Like, yeah, these are moves that you don't want to do as an organization, but there comes a point where you you have to do what improves your franchise, what improves the team on the field. And right now, with Gabriel Moreno coming back, it felt like Carson Kelly at least being sent down would be the move, but I imagine Carson Kelly doesn't have options left or anything like that. So there is no sending down to AAA Reno right now at this point for Kelly. So um, we, we definitely wish all of those guys the best because it it does suck. And uh, like, just like I was saying about Ryan Nelson, like it's tough. It's tough to see this, uh, these decisions made and these lives affected. Ryan Nelson still breaks my heart. You know, looking, looking back at that, uh, at that press conference from Friday and seeing the, 
amount of frustration he was personally experiencing after that loss. Yeah, uh, it's it's not it's never easy. It's never easy. But hopefully the Diamondbacks have done what they needed to do, make those difficult decisions to improve this team. Because uh, like we said on Twitter, every game remaining is pretty much a playoff game for this team. That might be just a little little drastic, but not really <laughs> based on the schedule they have, who their opponents are going, you know, ahead of them and how important winning as many of these games are. The Diamondbacks need to win the majority of their remaining games in order for them to have a shot at the playoffs. The other thing I'll say about Carson is I wasn't totally shocked by this move just because I think Carson was a pretty legitimate non-tender candidate at the end of the season. I think it's very possible the Diamondbacks were just going to let him go anyway. And so, you know, you have Jose Herrera already on the roster, right? So you've got a backup catcher that I think you feel okay about. Um, and, and so, yeah, the Diamondbacks, you know, by letting him go a month and a half early, they're kind of just getting ahead of this a, a, yeah. a little bit. I don't, I don't view this as being hugely shocking or anything. The timing is a little weird because Carson was kind of getting hot offensively. He's actually, That's had, what I just said. Yeah. yeah, he's actually had a pretty decent week. So, yeah. uh, so the timing is, is a little bit strange, but yeah, I, I didn't really expect the Diamondbacks to bring Carson back for next year. So just kind of making that decision a month, a month and I mean, a half. It's kind of just a product of Gabby being available again, right? Right. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. Absolutely. oh, yeah. That absolutely yeah. is. But incoming, you know, Carson Kelly remainder of the season where he bats 400 yeah, uh, right. for some other team, yeah, probably, right. right? Yeah. He's going to get picked up by, you know, the Dodgers. I knew you were going to say the Dodgers. And, and, yeah. I knew you were going to say the Dodgers. And I feel like you're just. <laughs> I feel like you feel like you're too safe for me, Jesse. I feel like you don't think I'll leap over Sean and fight you right now on this live I'm show. I'm not going to get in the way. I know you won't. I know you won't. That's why I think he doesn't understand that part. But um, if you're here to witness a fight, uh, you're in the right place. Welcome into the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. Sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss when any of our shows go live. Leave us a thumbs up just, just, just to let us know you like Purple and Teal. That's what we want a thumbs up for. If you're listening on the audio podcasting side, please subscribe to us there. Uh, sign up or leave us a review. We always appreciate the feedback. Uh, and most importantly, sign up for a Die Hearts membership today. Excuse me. <coughs> ah, excuse me. Uh, Die Hearts, by the way, best membership you can get. <laughs> Die uh, Hard membership. Die best hard. membership you can get. <laughs> cough, cough. Cough, cough. Uh, yeah, that's that's the alert. Uh, no, Die Hard <laughs> membership really does pay for itself right away. You get yourself a free piece of merchandise from phnxlocker.com. If you were going to get yourself a shirt, if you were going to get yourself a hat, just sign up for, for a Die Hard membership today. Not only will you get that free piece of merchandise, you will also get yourself a $50 gift certificate for Mountain Mike's Pizza. You will get a Dobson Ranch Ranch card. You will get so much stuff that it will pay for itself instantly. You also get Jesse's newsletter full count and the newsletter from all of our writers around here. You also get access to our members only discord lounge where we have exclusive discord uh, content just for our diehards only and so much other stuff. Uh, so sign up today. You'll get members only invites to events, members only merchandise, uh, so much incredible stuff. So uh, don't miss out on all of this. Join us today. Most importantly, sign up right now for the BetMGM Sportsbook app because it makes watching sports better. And you don't even have to use your own money when you get on there because BetMGM will give you out free Friday bonus bets uh, every Friday. All you have to do is log in at any point this weekend to claim your bonus bet on the house. And once you get that bonus bet, you can turn around, you can make a crazy 10-leg uh, parlay and then miss it by one leg just like I did. And then if you miss it, Guess what? You'll actually uh, there's consequence free because it's not even your money. It was just bonus bets given you to you by the fine folks at BetMGM. And when I say that, I did make a nine leg parlay that I missed by one by one by one 
leg. And what was that one leg? I took the under on the Diamondbacks Friday game where they <laughs> scored like 15 yeah, runs, I believe. 15 runs in that game. Uh, yeah. That's what I get for taking the under. It's like I hate fun. That's what Shane says. He tells me I hate fun. Yeah. But uh, What of led course, you to take the under in that game? What what wanted me? Why did I want to take the under? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know because the diamond that was the first game of the series and neither teams were playing very well offensively coming into it. Okay. So right. and and of course I was a fool. And then I think the under hit on all the remaining games of the weekend, potentially. Oh, I don't know. Sunday's game had a lot of runs scored in it. Um, but anyway, don't miss out on all this fun stuff over at the BetMGM app. If you sign up now, you use bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, place your first bet and you'll receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if it loses. Uh, check out the show notes for full details. And now listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-522-4700, Nevada. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Kansas, Nevada, New York, or Ontario. Well, it is Monday, and of course, every day on this show is Earth Day. Every week on this show is Shark Week. But on Mondays, Mondays are special. We go to the mailbag. Damon, let's go. My mailbox, always something interesting in my mailbox. I try to get to everything in my mailbox. And then once in a while, there's a letter that makes me go, wow, wow. I'm so sick of that guy's voice right now, let me tell you. Uh, by the way, shout out to my man, Mega Ran. Uh, released his new children's album uh, today, actually. So uh, make sure to check out Buddy's Toy Box because that is an incredible uh, piece of music that is unique. Uh, children's music usually is not the greatest thing for parents to mm-hmm. listen to. So if you have a young one and you want to be able to tolerate uh, that album that they ask you to play over and over again, check that out. But uh, let's get to our first piece of mail. Damon, what do we got? Uh, Gabriel at Bold as Bronze on Twitter asks, <laughs> are we back? Boys, are we? Uh, we are so, <laughs> we're so back. So back. We are absolutely we are so back. back. In our, yeah, in our show prep today, we we had an actual conversation that maybe maybe we needed to address who the Diamondbacks are going to play in the 2023 World Series. Mm-hmm. Like I like I think it was actually a topic that maybe like maybe we it should have. It seems had that inevitable that it's gonna be the Mariners because they trade wins, so only one team can win at like they yeah, went on a seven game yeah. win streak or whatever while the D-backs were on their losing streak. And I think they've lost two straight as the Diamondbacks have won two straight since the trade, oh my of God. course, too. So oh it God. seems like they are on a collision course. Yeah, like some sort of mirror yeah. opposites. Bizarre because then, world. They get to the, then they get to the World Series where obviously only one of them can win on any given night. Yeah, uh, but how would they get to the how would they both progress to the World Series? Like in order to win that many playoff rounds, you have to play well. You can't have one team playing well and the other team playing opposite that, and they both get to the same just point. Just poked a lot of holes. Nah, in your- <laughs> I mean, you just can't. They just can't play on the same. They just. It works. It works. All right. <laughs> All right. Don't ask questions, Jesse. <laughs> Shut up with your stupid you logic. You Disneyland and start asking questions yeah, about how no. this shit works. Come on. Even the magic. Yeah, just magic. Oh, just I would 100% go to Disneyland <laughs> and start asking yeah, You really would. You, you would questions. ruin the day. You would ruin the day. <laughs> what else we got, Damon? We are back. That's answering that question. We are back. Uh, Brian Bobbitt asks uh, at BB underscore Nitro on Twitter, is there any concern with watching depth or with catching depth with Kelly being DFA'd? Not like he was any good, but looking at what's behind Gabby and Jose didn't look any better if any of them go down. That is an absolutely outstanding point. Yeah, I mean, the depth is the big concern here. But, of course, the problem there being that they 
didn't really want to keep Carson Kelly around just so that they could keep all three. I feel like Jose Herrera has been playing much better than Carson Kelly, and I felt like that they wanted to go with with Gabby and, and Jose Herrera. But uh, it's a valid question because, yes, if yeah. one of those guys go down, what do they do for a backup? Yeah, in, in Reno right now, the Diamondbacks have two catchers on the roster. One is Ollie Sanchez. Uh, he's hitting 317, 377, 484. Obviously, it's Reno, so that's maybe around league average production. Uh, he has played a few games uh, in the majors. I believe he was on the Cardinals for a few days, also on the Mets. He has uh, 14 major league plate appearances under his belt, uh, so he's he's seen a little bit of time in the majors. The he's other, ready to go. The <laughs> other, Yeah, he's ready to go. The other catcher <laughs> the Diamondbacks have in Reno is Adrian Del Castillo, uh, who was promoted there uh, just a few weeks ago, and I've heard pretty good reports about him. Uh, not a super highly touted Diamondbacks prospect, but you've probably seen him show up on on some top 30 lists. Yep. Uh, he had a bit of a rough start upon his arrival to Reno, but now he's up to 244, 382, 400. Kind of a bat first guy, but I think his his catching has really taken a big step forward this year from, from what I've heard. The other factor you have to consider is, frankly, the Diamondbacks have not set a very high bar for their backup catcher hmm. role. Neither Carson Kelly nor Jose Herrera have really been all that great this season in any facet of the game. Right. They're basically replacement-level catchers, and the definition of a replacement-level catcher is you can replace them yeah. with, like, you know, like a guy. You have a guy come up from AAA, and, and there's probably not a huge drop-off in production there. So uh, it is a, a valid point for sure, but not something I'd be overly concerned about. All right. What else we got, Damon? Uh, next question comes from Michael. Uh, Michael Rickey asks, "Who gets their first major league? Who gets their first major league win first? Brandon Fott, Slate Coney, or Bryce Jarvis?" I don't know, Sean. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, I'll give it to Slade. He's got the next opportunity. Is that yeah. is that how we're doing things? I mean, I I really I, I really feel like it's going to be Brandon Fott, but I mean, yeah, Slade's up next, so I'll say Slade. <laughs> I agree with that because I think they're going to win that game with Slade. I think they're going to sweep the Rockies. That's what I think because yeah, we're I mean, back. Slade, and wow. of course, that's Slade, the that's the logical result. Is that they're going to against a really bad team? I feel like it's uh, it's a pretty good pretty good odds there. I mean, yeah, and I I think uh, again, it, it, the the one thing is, can the Diamondbacks generate enough offense early on in order for them, um, you know, to to give him the win? You know, Brandon Fogg yeah. pitched a pretty damn good game, and you could argue he deserved it, but they just weren't able to get out ahead when he was still That's there. That's why and give it's crazy win. on the Betmgm Sportsbook app today. The Diamondbacks are two and a half run favorites. They're expecting the Diamondbacks to win by three runs or more. Wow. Yeah. Which, against the Rockies, against wow. the, and yeah. that's not typically very common because no. kind of like the puck line in, it's in hockey, one it's almost half. one and a half. Yeah, always which is why on PHNX Bets daily earlier, I did take the Rockies plus two and a half because that's crazy line. Scumbag. No, I think the Diamondbacks <laughs> are going to win, but I'm, I, I get where he's coming from half. on this. Do you think I'm going to win by three yeah. runs? What in the last three weeks has suggested that they're going to win a game by three runs? I mean, yeah, they won. They won Saturday's game by three runs. Outside of that, the Diamondbacks hadn't won a game by three runs <laughs> exactly. in a very yeah, long a time. And last <laughs> time I checked, we are not going to Colorado, right? So we're not doing a takeover event in Colorado yeah, for this game. Yeah. So, I mean, if we're and not going to be there. in Colorado. Yeah. Like, uh, it's going to be a zillion win run scored. I, uh, will, I will say that I think Bryce Jarvis will probably pitch sooner than either Sacconi or Fott because wow. he's Four a reverse. reliever. And, yeah, he'll probably be part of the bullpen game on tuesday so i so. guess it's kind of a crapshoot as to who gets the win in that one yeah it yeah really exactly just because he's going to pitch in that game the chances of 
you know, there's whether the Diamondbacks will win the game or not. And then there's like which out of all of the relievers yeah. is going to get the win. The odds aren't necessarily yeah. in his favor. All right. What else we got, Damon? Uh, Aaron Hughes, Aaron R. Hughes on Twitter asked, order the uh, order the bullpen by how much you trust them right now. Oh, also, what bullpen pieces would you want to see acquired in the offseason? I mean, I don't really. I mean, I, I feel like. Yes, I want to see the Diamondbacks add to the bullpen during the offseason. I don't feel like that necessity is as strong now with Paul Sewald being acquired. I do think that the Diamondbacks have some very talented pitchers in place. Uh, and I think that if guys can start to know what their role in the bullpen is and, and expect that role, know what their job is, know what they're going to pitch, what they're going to be expected to do, I think things are going to be different than the way that Lovello was running this bullpen in this entire closer by committee situation, but I, I could be wrong. Um, but when it comes to ordering them and who I who I trust right now, Paul Seawald first, yeah, way up here, and then like maybe down here, kind of everybody else. Uh, I will say Ginkle I have, is probably a little yeah, bit higher than the rest. Ginkle? Of the I mean, I was it, it say really Ginkle? depends. Are we talking like right this second? Because it feels like it changes every two weeks. It does. It like, does. If we're talking right Scott this McGuss second. Sometimes up here, right yeah, now. Scott, Scott McGuss at way the bottom. Down here. I'm putting right. Castro and Frias near the top right now. But obviously, f- f- if you put Frias anywhere near the top a couple months ago, you look like a crazy person. Yeah. So right, like I would uh, say, Seawald, Ginkle, right now, probably. Um, Miguel Castro and then Frias. I put those yeah, two kind of to close together. Yeah, to me, it's together. almost like a, it's like a two groups kind of thing. Like if I see they're coming into the bowl, into the game, do I feel good or do I not? And at this point, I would say, yeah, it's like it's Seawald, Castro, Ginkle, Frias right now. I guess Kyle Nelson doesn't get in there. No, I no. guess yeah, yeah. I, I have not felt very good about Kyle Nelson yeah. lately. He I hasn't. Mean, I mean, he had he kind of blew up the other day against the Dodgers. Yeah, and and I just feel like. He is still kind of that where you you really don't know what you're going to get uh, on on a. He's been really good. He's been really good, like in the sixth or seventh inning, but in the eighth and ninth inning, Kyle Nelson is not right. Use these guys in in their strength and those. And I mean, it's of course it's never going to go perfect for for any of these guys. They're going to have their times where they're bad in that inning of work that they're expected to work. But at the same time, I feel like there needs to be some consistency if you expect consistency in return, right? If you expect them to be able to go out there and do their job all effectively and and, and confidently the way we talk about Seawall doing it, then these guys have to know what their role is. And I think that the the, the entire bullpen bike or the, the closer by committee thing was kind of a disaster. It allowed guys not only to know what their role was in, in regards to being that closer, but it also didn't allow them to know what their role is going to be the next time that this situation comes around or whatever. I, I just think yeah. there was a lot of inconsistency there. That, But yeah, I mean, right now I think Scott McGuff and, and Kyle Nelson probably are at the bottom of it for me as far as cons- as far as just trust, trusting yeah. that they can come in and do exactly that. I McGuff feel like really has struggled lately. He really has, but I've seen. I feel like we're seeing that out of out of Castro and 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 Luis Frias more regularly, and and I I really am digging them out there on the mound. Um, any any other? Uh, you didn't really give Joe Mantiply. Yeah, no. Joe Mantiply. I think probably fits in there somewhere. Um, in the middle, you'd say? Yeah, somewhere in the He's kind of like Kyle Nelson where I just don't – I feel like I don't really know what I'm going to get. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Mantiply was like lights out for this team last season, uh, at least in the first half. And then we talked about how after the All-Star break, he, he really struggled to be that again. I mean, even yeah. even before the All-Star break, like it's like once he was nominated or, or named an All-Star, it felt like things kind of fell apart 
for him a bit. But. This, I think just this whole season, the moment that you've gotten to a place where you really trust a certain reliever, yeah. that's when and they we rattle off a 12 We were talking about McGuff being our closer, and then all of a sudden he disappears. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay, maybe Ginkle can do that. And then he struggles a little bit. And then That's like just it, kind of the reality of a team that just hasn't really figured out how to build yeah. a bullpen, frankly. And obviously their their resources that they've been working with are, are pretty limited, which, which certainly doesn't help the situation. But yeah, to me, it's sort of like it's Paul Seawald. I do think Kevin Ginkle is a genuinely very good relief pitcher. Uh, outside of those guys, I just don't know if I don't know if you really believe in like the staying power of anyone else. Like they're going to go through their good times and their bad times, but when push comes to shove, is Miguel Castro like a real seventh eighth inning setup man yeah. type? I don't know. I don't know if Luis Frias is that either. Like, My energy about that would really feel very yet. different if we were talking about the postseason. Yeah, like if this is yeah game six or something like that and. And Luis Frias is coming into the game. I'm going to be sick to my stomach. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Very differently. That's a good way yeah. to think about yeah. it because you really realize what you have in your bullpen when it comes when it comes to the postseason. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when push comes to shove, and you have to be like, all right, like like we're yeah. holding down yeah. a one run lead, you know, in a do or die game, and Luis Frias is going out there. Yeah, you might feel a little bit differently about like, especially because like I mean, the World Series or the postseason is crazy. I think. A few ba- a few years ago, back to the Red Sox playing, I think it was in the World Series when they had like they played a game that was like sixteen innings or something like that, and I've evolved pitched like seven innings of relief, and it's like if that happens, and then you get to a situation where like oh you have to pitch Luis Frias, he is the only guy that you can kind of pitch. Are you gonna feel good about that? Mm. <laughs> see what's yeah. wild, I don't what, know what's wild is I feel like at times when we see Tori do these little experiments during the regular season and we're all screaming like at him about do you do you really want to win a baseball game why are you leaving this guy out there after he's you know loaded the bases with with walks it feels like you know obviously you need to go take him out and get him out of there and in a way like Tori is trying to prepare these guys for these big pressure high pressure situations because regular season games are have such a less, smaller impact than like the postseason, right? So when you talk about like a Luis Frias, how can you get him that those those high leverage situations if you don't, or, or at least yeah. like work his way through those unless you let him kind of yeah. go out there and fail and, yeah. and have those moments. But right? uh, the other side of that is we're getting guys ready for the postseason. There is no like. Ah, you get you can get the next guy. Oh, I don't like, think I don't think like, that that time has come and gone. Like the the, yeah, the, time, the time period for doing that has come and gone. But early on in the season, especially like especially as we get closer to the to the playoffs, there's going to be a lot of questions about those games that they lost and why Tory was doing that. And it is a, a tough balance to try to give guys that yeah. time of, of of gaining experience and getting better and being somebody that's kind of like forged by the fire, you know, uh, and, and, and losing those games because you just wanted to give some reliever a learning experience or whatever. Like that's the feeling. That's what makes a lot of people like question Tori Lovello and kind of get mad at him for his decisions because he's, he, he has other things that he's trying to do besides necessarily just win that ball game. And all we want him to focus on is winning that ball. Yeah, game. I like mean, just I'm, win that. My game. biggest concern is, I, and I'm going to take the opportunity to shit talk Aaron Boone if it comes up. Please do. Like oh my it's, gosh. it's my problem is always just like it, there's so many moments in the postseason with Aaron Boone where it feels like everybody in the world is screaming at their TVs to take this guy out, and he doesn't, and then it goes poorly. And I feel like that's a similar criticism that a lot of fans have had of Tory uh, is fair. that there's times where he just lets guys stay in too long. Yeah, because he believes in his guys, yeah. and that. 
cannot happen in the postseason. Yeah. Um, so that's always been my concern with with him and I guess the bullpen. But I, I think for me, watching other managers manage the game, the same one the Diamondbacks are playing, makes me like be like, hey, why isn't Tori doing that? Like, yeah. you know, Tori, like, wait, that guy let his reliever just face three guys and then he went and pulled them because he wasn't doing well. Like, <laughs> yeah. what is well, that? I mean, it I happened know in that the Dodgers series yeah. when they I forget who it was, but they left somebody in the game. Or no, it was when he left uh, um, Peralta in the game despite it not being a matchup and earlier in that game. Uh, Tori had pulled Ginkle, I yeah, think, after yeah, Ginkle yeah. was dealing yes. because of the matchup, and everyone was yeah. like, "See, blah 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 blah." And yeah. it's like, "Yeah, that kind of is the." I mean, we saw it in the World Series with the, the Rays. Like, there's a, you gotta, you can't always just follow the numbers. You gotta sometimes, you gotta have some faith in your guys. Maybe Blake Snell's still a Tampa Bay Ray if that happens. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if the Rays should have faith in their guys after what came out this okay, weekend. Well, but that's a whole well, other thing. Gosh, that is a whole Christ. other thing for a different show. Uh, we're going to move on quickly, Damon. What else we got? <laughs> Uh, this is the big question of the weekend. Uh, Daniel Kasten asks, do we ditch the Sedona red and go back to purple and teal? He votes yes. We all vote yes, Daniel. Yes. That is wholeheartedly uh, the, yeah, the only say, answer. Yeah, super chat, really. yeah we got uh, uh, Ryuji Sakamoto asked in the super chat, did you guys see Zach Gallon's poll? Thoughts? We absolutely saw Zach Gallon's poll. Here was Zach Gallon's poll. Zach Gallon wants to know. He just said, just curious. No, you're not, Zach. You know exactly what you're doing. This, you know exactly what you're doing. Following up, what was it, yesterday or two yeah. days ago? Or it was like bring him back full time. No, it was yeah. At first so it was that one because it was like throwback Zach in yeah. from the team account, and he quote tweeted that with bring back the purple and deal full time. And then he went to well, a poll. You didn't need the poll. You knew you knew yeah, the answer to this. We all knew the answer to this. People who accidentally clicked the wrong thing. Yeah, fourteen thousand plus. Yeah, nine percent commies. Ninety one percent in favor. Nine <laughs> percent that pushed the wrong button by accident because that's what we're claiming. <laughs> this is this has a ten percent margin of error. Basically, is what we're saying, and that margin of error is anybody that voted the other way but yes purple and teal it was beautiful the nostalgia this weekend the way people reacted to that that video being back with the snake and the ball and everything jesse it was just it was great but more than anything it just looked beautiful the batting helmets were beautiful the jerseys hanging in the yeah, locker were beautiful it was beautiful. It, it just frustrates me to no end that this team took you know such an uh, such an identity such an iconic identity that was you know connected yeah. to the only world championship the city has ever had and just rebranded it the same way elon musk tossed the little blue twitter bird in the trash <laughs> and just went with x like it feels like the same thing to me we do have a comment in the chat from someone who says man i will always sport the red and black over the purple that's i mean you're they incorrect do, they can do we, exist can we ban that person from the chat no, i'd argue joking. you're a bad guy i would uh, argue oh, okay oh, while we're on this topic wow. we haven't discussed this <laughs> i don't mean that. we haven't discussed this publicly before speaking of bad people jacob was is anti-road grays just like oh yeah wholeheartedly what? like doesn't like road grays what I don't what love road grays. The either. concept of it. Oh, that's I one of the like, worst takes I've I ever. I love heard. road grays. Yeah, that's not yeah. slander. That's something you said. You said that. You claim that. Slander. You gotta, this, slander implies falsity. This is accountability, Jacob. That's what this <laughs> yeah. is. This is letting everybody know what you, you said. said it. Yeah. Road grays are the best. Road grays. That's a it's just a bad take. It's For bad the record, take. I I I don't have a very strong opinion, but I would not say that road grays are the best that's yeah. a bad they're, day. they're fine it's baseball. they're no, they're, it's they're kind of at the bottom of the totem pole great. for me in in terms of like yeah. uniforms that teams generally wear but it, it doesn't matter because it's, it's not done. about them being good uniforms it's about being the fact that when you're at home you wear white when you're on yeah. the road you wear gray yeah you're drab you're boring we don't sure, want you looking yeah, yeah. showing out yeah. in our ballpark take your city connect jerseys and you wear them at your your house not ours is that fair enough 
I want you looking gross when you're visiting. Uh, just like Christian Walker wanted to acknowledge all the fans' support and how much he loved everything on Saturday night, and people somehow turned that around into like, oh, you blaming the losses on us? At no point did Christian Walker say he was blaming the losses on you guys. It's just hard. This franchise is one of the few franchises in baseball that have to deal with this thing of the opposing fans taking over their stadium all the time. Like yeah. other teams that are just bad, just nobody shows up. That's the way it works there. They don't have all of the opposing fans show up and fill up the stadium. It's this transplant city and the fact that the Diamondbacks have only been around for, you know, the 24, 25 years. Like that's the reason why they have to deal with this that that other franchises frankly don't. I mean, and don't get me wrong, like opposing fans showing up is something that every team in this state has to deal with it's not uniquely the diamondbacks only issue but i yeah. mean christian walker toy lavolo he commented on how great it was to win the you know the seventh, the seventh inning, inning chant, stretch, the stretch <laughs> where you know the, the the root 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 for the d-backs yeah, where that never that. gets heard like yeah. that's a wild take because that just shows that tory is paying attention and he hears you every night yeah he hears every night the d-back kind of get overshadowed but by the opposing like if you team you were there saturday you can't deny that that was just a different energy oh than it absolutely was diamondbacks home game like it was a different yeah. experience for everybody that was there and if you're going to get hurt over the fact that someone acknowledges that then you're a loser yeah and the pod, I feel like the issue is less pronounced with the Padres. That's also true. Like the Dodgers, it's a different story. When yeah. the Padres come Cubs, to town, there are Dodgers, Padres everyone fans, in Tatis. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Earlier was in the great. season, though, when I went to a Padres series, there was like a 50-50 split of Padres. Yeah, but fans. Padres fans have only been Padres fans for like five years. So yeah. as soon as they see, start seeing <laughs> that their team is not that good, they're like, ah, oh, okay. Five, I was going to say two, but five? Yeah, yeah that's five, pretty, I don't know about five. Five yeah, is yeah, pretty, pretty good. You're giving, yeah, them, you're giving them some history yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> ever since they turned back to what we were talking about, this, ever since they turned back to the brown and yellow, hint, hint, their mm -hmm. franchise turned around. Huh. Huh, I wonder. That's crazy. Went back to your old colors and your franchise figured it out. He's not wrong. What happened there? He's not wrong. Uh, they did also play in a World Series in those other colors, but that's a whole other thing. They got slaughtered by the Yankees. And I know you don't want to talk about that. So uh, what we'll talk about, Diamondbacks are on the road. Uh, Diamondbacks are in Colorado. And then this weekend they will be back in San Diego or you know, in San Diego playing Padres again. Uh, Jesse will be out there. And, of course, right. on his way out to San Diego, Jesse's going to be stopping at Circle K, where you all should be stopping for the best coffee, beer, and snack selection, and most importantly, most importantly, premium gas and premium gas entertainment, right? Uh, well, you, you might get Saul, and then that's just kind of a disappointing kind of one. Like, you don't, you, th <laughs> you expect to get Sean, you expect to get me, maybe you expect to get Leah, but then you get, Sean, then you get Sean, then you get Sean, you get Saul, yeah, or Lindsay. Oh, I'm disappointed when they get Lindsay. That's the worst. But <laughs> no matter who you get, make sure uh, to get down on the Polar Pops. They stay cold longer. Uh, and of course, don't sleep on the Circle K branded snacks. Uh, right now, you can get Powerades four for $5, and you also get entered to be one of 10 finalists to win a 2023 Ford Big Ben Bronco SUV. Of course, as we've discussed on the show, uh, it's it's a tiered event where then you have to like go into a semifinal round against Damon to fight him for the truck. Uh, then the finals involve you fighting Sean. But good luck to you all on that. Make sure to also not miss out on the buy two get one free Monster Energy drinks and the buy two get one free beatbox hard tees. Make sure you're not missing out on all this great stuff. Text PHNX to three one three one zero to join their SMS subscriber club and get a buy one get one free offer on thirty two ounce Polar Pops. Head to CircleK.com/store-locator to find Circle K's near you. And of course. Also, shout out to our friends at Four Peaks, which you can grab at Circle K or anywhere you grab your beer uh, for us meeting up at their Four Peaks draft room for our, our takeover event. It was uh, fun. I didn't even know 
that they had a pool table in the back of that room, Dude, which we were table? all hanging out around. And, mm. and uh, both Damon and Sean showed off how bad they were at pool. Uh, I was showed off slightly, yeah. but I was slightly better than. Yes, you did. Damn. You did, but you both they were very bad. The ball completely. Yeah, that's that, that is true. That is true. <laughs> missed the ball completely. Um, I'd did. argue he that did. I was closer to making the shot. <laughs> that's than not true. Were. I would argue that. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> you <laughs> missed the ball completely. I, it was a tough angle. I would argue I that you I both missed the ball. And mine almost came back. A, mine almost bounced around the table and and went. That's luck. Mine was, was a millimeter away from going in. Who? A millimeter away. You didn't touch the ball. Yours is a foul. Mine's not. So they could have moved the white ball wherever they wanted to. Mine's not. The other ball they were shooting at was just. It was right on the edge of the hole. You wait, just wait. had to you just had to breathe on it to make it go in the hole. And neither of these two could at could least make it. I made contact. Can With, we can we clarify? Did Damon miss the cue ball? No, he hit the cue okay, ball, but the cue ball okay. didn't hit another right. ball. It, it didn't, didn't hit anything. Okay. It just uh, bounced uh, around the table. Uh, like yeah. do 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 do. Mine okay. hit the okay. intended target. Yeah. You're both terrible, but uh, I will tell <laughs> you, if you're shot. good at pool, uh, go to the Four Peaks Draft Room and play their pool table. I'll cook you a shuffle. Fun, what, fun. There's other games he's very good at. I, I will I will stand up for him with that, but uh, <laughs> pool is not definitely not one of them. Uh, the Four Peaks Draft Room located on the suite level. Make sure to check that out at Chase Field. Not only can you eat and drink there, but you can hang out and watch the game uh, from there, especially if your seats are bad. So uh, maybe maybe do that. Maybe have yourself a good time over there. Follow uh, all of their events at fourpeaks.com slash events, uh, and you can stay up to date everything four peaks on social media at four peaks brew or at four peaks pub must be 21 or older to drink four peaks and please drink responsibly damon we got some more mailbag monday questions let's get to those uh brett lee johnson asks what are the chances percentage wise we see lawler on the mlb roster by the end of the year either taking old man nick's spot or being uh part being part i'm guessing of the expanded roster call-ups um i don't know I feel like if he had a little bit more time in Reno, that that might be a bit more of a possibility. I just don't see there being enough time for him to kind of make an impression at a triple A level and still get called up. But they did it with Corbin Carroll. And maybe what they're trying to do is get that draft pick back two years in a row by having the rookie of the year. Maybe Jordan Lawler's next year's rookie of the year. So maybe it's a masterminded plan, but I don't think that it's very likely. Yeah, the Diamondbacks called, they, they promoted Corbin Carroll from AA to AAA on July 9th of last year. And then they brought him to the majors on August 29th. So he, they still had him in Reno for close to two months, a little over a month and a half. If they wanted to give Jordan Lawler the same amount of time in Reno, they would run out of time this season, basically. That would that would run into to the end of the season. So I don't expect it. I would maybe say there's a 10% chance something like that happens. Some teams do just call up guys straight up from double A. So it's not like in baseball, like, you know, a quick run through triple A or no run through triple A at all is is completely unheard of. But from what we know about this front office, it's something I would be I'd be pretty surprised to see. Yep. All right. What else we got, Damon? Uh Mike Hill asks, would you bring Dom Fletcher up and send Jake or Alec down? Mm. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility, especially considering uh, at times, both of their struggles at the plate. I, I think, you know, the the one thing about Dominic Fletcher is those numbers always look pretty sexy in AAA. Like, it's hard to take a look at what some of those guys are doing offensively. It's like you mentioning a backup catcher and just being like, casually, he hits over 310. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah but that's Reno. So you kind <laughs> of just like a pitcher's ERA being at five is okay to good. It, it's hard to adjust sometimes that offensive difference between playing in the minor leagues and playing in Reno versus playing at a major league level. Yeah, I I do think you'll see Dominic Fletcher again before the end of the year. 
But I don't know if you're ready to send down Jake McCarthy or Alec Thomas at this point. You've already sent those guys down. They've come back up. Have they been fantastic? No. They've been they, better, though, than they were when they get better. sent down. Yeah, it just, I think the optics of that would be a little weird. I do think you'll see Dominic Fletcher in the majors again at some point, though. He clearly is deserving of that opportunity. And you're only a couple weeks out from getting two more roster spots when when rosters expand in, in September. So that would sort of be my guess is you'll you'll see Dominic Fletcher again, but it might be with one of those extra roster spots rather than sending down uh, Jake, or, Jake or Alec. Even when he's struggling, Alec Thomas has still had some big hits. He had a big pinch hit triple. Yeah. He had a sacrifice, a sacrifice fly RBI yesterday's game. Like there were there's been clutch moments that even though he's not you know, his numbers don't look great, and he's still doing some of the bad, like he's still softly grounding out to the right side a considerable yeah. amount. Uh, he, he, it feels like he just, he's, he's, his defense and some of his big hits have been really key for this team, especially the last couple of days. Yeah, the defense is, is a really big thing, too. Like, he just the, makes it look effortless. He's out there. the best he really center does. fielder in the organization, I think, outside of maybe Drew Jones, I guess, but he's obviously a long ways away. So, yeah, I, I think you, you want Alec Thomas in, in the majors. I'd be pretty surprised if if the D-backs made that move. All right, what else we got, Damon? Uh, Jacob Giacoma asks, he's obviously been crushing the ball, but how has Melendez been defensively at third base after they moved him from first? Uh, well, we know we're not letting Sean answer this one, of course. So. Yeah, Sean just wants Listen, to talk about his strikeout. Right uh, yeah, now. it was just an offensive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but how has his defense been? Has he been getting any better? I know kind of. You know, of course, like Melendez is one of those guys that seems destined to be a DH, it feels like. That's because exactly, he yeah. just, exactly he just what I said the to ball. David before the show. Yeah, he just seems destined for that. But, I mean, you know, again, how, like, is, is he going to be one of those players that you think is ever viable in the field at, at a major league level? I think he could be a decent first baseman. Uh, but yeah, the D-backs have tried him at third base early in his professional career, and I've heard kind of mixed things. Uh, I, I don't think I don't think his arm accuracy is fantastic. I don't think his range is fantastic. Uh, he would be a below average third baseman in the majors, probably well below average. It's, it's such a hard position to play. Yeah. And like it gets considered to just be like first base on the other side of the diamond, but it's so not that. You know, based no. on your reaction time <laughs> and like you said, the range you need to have. And also those, the expectations of what you need to do. There. Yes. Like, yeah. But like, OK, like when we were watching, you know, uh, <laughs> I, you're, you're playing the Padres and you're and you're watching them like laser pinpoint accuracy. Oh, like the left side of that infield, left side of that infield is just absurd. crazy. Right. So it's like, I mean, you, you see that and you kind of understand when we talk about arm strength and things where, you know, there was a point where the Diamondbacks seemed to have a problem turning double plays there for a stretch during yeah, July yeah, where they were really struggling. Mm -hmm. And like a lot of it was there was no there, there was no speed on the ball getting around, even though it seemed like a standard ground ball that you should be able to turn to fairly easily. It felt like there was no power in those throws or anything. You know, you, you watch those Padres uh, players and they were pretty incredible. Yeah, I'd be it's it's maybe worth trying. I mean, like Melendez would have a lot more value as a player if he could play third base. So sure. that's why the Diamondbacks are doing this. But yeah, at the end of the day, is it actually going to pan out for him in the majors? I mean, you could play him there, but I, I think you would it would take a pretty big shot at his at his overall value as a player. So first and, base, though, I think is realistic. And it doesn't feel like they have somebody at third base that that's coming up. And it feels yeah, like that's, that's what the they're trying thing. to find. Right. Is somebody yeah. that can be the future over there. That is a great point. Yeah. All right. What else we got, Damon? 
Uh, last cu last question comes from Ryan Simmons, and of course Ryan <laughs> wants to know where will you be watching the Diamondbacks 2023 World Series victory parade from? Uh, we will be on a PHNX float in the parade. That's where we will be. Oh, it's, I thought we were on Lourdes's float. Oh, okay. Oh, you're saying we? Yeah, no, that would make more sense. We're not a partner, so we well, wouldn't we have. Are, yeah. That's true. We probably are like the first because we, we've got the mayor. So yeah, like, we, right. We, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, them. like yeah, I mean, true. some sort of classic car where I'm sitting in the back with my sash waving, but Lourdes <laughs> could be next to me. Or you're at the end like Santa and the Thanksgiving. Oh, I would love to be at the end like Santa. <laughs> that would be so good. Uh, I also, I want like to wear, because Lourdes and I both have the toucan jacket from his 2022 mm. uh, family Christmas photo. So I think we should both be wearing those, even though it's going to be quite hot because it's yeah. going to be like, you know, middle October. It's still going to be pushing 100 around these parts, I'm sure. I mean, but well, I don't care. It was apparently extremely warm in 2001 when they had the World really? Series. Parade. I've, I've heard stories that it was like 100 degrees. It that was day. a nightmare that day. But theoretically, day. it should it would it happen like around November 1st, nice. which theoretically in Arizona, November 1st, it's pretty nice. Speaking of which, Paul Seawald, once again, uh, he age discriminated against me because he said he was 11 years old when the Diamondbacks won the World Series. I don't like that. I mean, well, like, I don't want our play <laughs> trust me, I want our players to be as old as me. But again, hearing a, a man who, like, as I'm standing there next to him, seems older than me. I was going to say, he, he seems, like seems the old older guy than too. me, you know? <laughs> and he said he was 11. So uh, I'm not going to forget that anytime soon. But uh, Moshu Bear says, D backs World Series. Parade. What kind of weed are you all smoking? Uh, oh, did the Dodgers even have a World Series parade, or Dude, was that canceled because of COVID? I think so I don't know because it, it was. I think Mickey Mouse has the trophy, right? Isn't that is that why they call it a Mickey Mouse championship? <laughs> yeah, the rings, the rings were about? big because they had to fit over those big ass gloves. The big that white Mickey. gloves. Yeah, no, that makes <laughs> a lot of sense. Also, it almost makes as much sense as your franchise winning one championship in like twelve years of spending the amount spent, of money you yeah, have. Spent but in a season as much fine. money as the Diamondbacks have made since their inception, and they uh, have as many World Series. David Baptista asked, "Are we resigning?" Signing Lourdes Gurriel Jr. in the chat. That's uh, probably a topic for another day, but I'm leaning towards no, most likely. And here's why. Uh, I'm just going to give you the quick gist of it. I think the Diamondbacks have enough outfielders to make Lourdes obviously expendable. And I think Lourdes honestly needs to use his all-star game status to get the get biggest that contract yeah. that he possibly can. Yeah. And I don't think the Diamondbacks are the ones that are going to give that to him. Go back to Toronto. Interesting. That's what I think. That's what I think. But uh, also... Uh, I am a man that dyed my hair like his. And then also, uh, I'm still mad that I shaved it all off in order great. to try to help this team win. So great you Boston dyed your Red hair, Sox. you dyed your hair purple and you really are just dismissing Lourdes returning to the Diamondbacks that that easily. Dude, and like what this am, man was your identity. Am I supposed to be, am I, am I supposed to be logical here, Jesse, or am I supposed to be emotional? You pick because you're the one That's always trying to calm me down. <laughs> trying to be logical here. Uh, anyway. We thank you guys, of course, for being here right now in the chat. And uh, as always, for being here, make sure you check out uh, our friends over at Burrito Express. If you are hungry, whether it's breakfast, whether it's lunch, no matter what time of the day it is, uh, burritos are uh, quite arguably the perfect meal. Uh, I don't know where else you can get such a fantastic combination of ingredients wrapped up in such a, you know, a, a travel size package. But make sure to check out the homies at Burrito Express. They have multiple value locations. They're always doing great stuff for the community, uh, including supporting ASU athletics and their athletes. And of course, freaking us up with their delicious food. So we thank them so much. Uh, on August 19th, their Tempe location will host a meet and greet from 10.30 a.m. till noon featuring our very own Jalen Conyers, uh, Elijah Badger, and the Borgays, including, is Gerald going to be there too? Gerald, you gonna, no. are you one of the Borgays that's going to be there? I 
he did not get the invite, but maybe we'll send Gerald over there too. But uh, there's free stickers for the first 25 people to come through. So make sure uh, to join this big event that they're having. Grab a burrito and follow Burrito Express on Twitter at uh, Burrito EXP. Uh, and also check out our friends at Pins and Aces. They make the best gear for anybody. I want to say golf apparel, but no, just everybody should be wearing the gear from Pins and Aces because they make some amazing polos that are stretchy, they're lightweight, they're very comfortable for the hot, hot heat here in Arizona. And of course, whether you are out on the golf course or just hanging around trying to look fashionable, make sure to check them out. Uh, we love our Pins and Aces gear, including our uh, Phoenix polo, which we get a ton, ton of compliments on. Uh, and of course, they have hats, golf bags, and so much more. So check out pinsandaces.com and use code PHNX to receive 15% off your first order and you will get free shipping. That's PHNX to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping at pinsandaces.com. Uh, well, we thank you guys so much for joining us again today. Uh, we know uh, things are going in the right direction because we are back and we are once again a wagon. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter to confirm that because we will tell you that as much as we possibly can. I'm at cap <laughs> underscore caveman with a K. Uh, this maniac next to me is at Sean underscore depause. Jesse Friedman is at Jesse N. Friedman. Uh, the maniac behind the Mac is Damon and he is at Damon Dog. D-A-W-G. Of course, we are all Damon's dogs. Also, uh, yeah. Fuck, uh, is that? Am I understanding this right? Mo didn't know your name. Yeah, you recognize Mo. Yeah, put some respect yeah. on Damon's name. You're, you're not. You're here too often, Mo, to not know everybody's name. So let's. We had fans right. from Boise, Idaho, right. coming up, knowing you have to bark. That's at Damon right. Because he's Damon. <laughs> That's right. Dogs. That's you're absolutely not, right. You're not. Show, Put some respect in Damon's name. That's right. We are we once again. We are Damon's dogs. That's Roof. that's what we're going to change the name of the show to. But the bark uh, can get a lot more intense. Yeah, and 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 and, and angry. And there is a bite that goes with it. Don't maybe maybe fuck around, find out, Mo. That's right. Uh, <laughs> our show is at phnx underscore dbacks, but of course, all roads lead to at phnx underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, we thank you again for showing up. We appreciate your time. Uh, and remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when you have a proper closer.